1: Thanks to our sponsors. Now back to the show. Stories, scripts, and conversations with creators. This is the Brave Maker Podcast.
0: My Sundance brain is very blurry, but I'm in Park City, Utah. I'm with a friend that I met, I can't remember if it's three or four years ago. Diane. I can't
1: remember. I think it's 2015 or 2016. Okay, 2016,
0: yeah. I think sounds right. Yeah. So, uh, Diane Kwan is, let me see if I get this right. You are an Emmy winning, Oscar nominated. Emmy nominated, Emin, Emmy nominated, Oscar, Oscar nominated, Sundance winning, and Peabody, winning. and Peabody winning. <laughs> See, there's all these awards in there. I
1: know it's embarrassing. <laughs> I, you do not have to say that. I honest. love that. I
0: love that. We were just talking off podcast, and we're going to get there on this. Just even with all these awards, Diane's sitting here on, in the grind. I'm in a, a room full of people, artists, creatives at Sundance who are all hustling, peddling almost speed dating their films right. uh, with potential backers, buyers, investors. what in right. the world? so, so even with all those things, you still find yourself at a place where it's like those words don't mean anything They're not people aren't writing checks.
1: Yeah no, I think the words help or not necessarily the words, but the fact that you had a film that people loved at least gets you the conversation, the meaning. Mm-hmm. you know that definitely I could see has helped a lot. But still, to get the funding or the buyer, the film still has to prove itself. You know, your your next film still has to be meaningful and, and work for them. And it's really competitive. You know, I don't know. I'm sure every person you meet is
0: Mm-mm. has something. Has right? something.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so you have to still show that your film yeah. is different or um, is telling a story that hasn't been told. Or if it's been told, how are you telling it a different way? And as we were saying, you know, especially if it doesn't have this big star attached to it. Or it's not a biopic or something about that's in the news today. You you, you have to make it very clear what you're trying to, to show in your film. So that. Every meeting, it's starting from zero, <laughs> trying Down to zero. yeah, and trying to explain that and Ugh. share that.
0: So let's go back. So we met at this is a big shout out to the Blue Whiskey Film yes, Festival. Love we love them <laughs> uh, in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, they are very much in in my mind like what we do with Brave Maker, a small little independent film. They really love filmmakers. They do a great job curating films and doing a question and answer time after. But your film was ironically shot about a man in where I live, in the Bay Area. Right,
1: right. He was a it's called Cliff Superfan. It was the short. And Cliff was someone I would see at all my daughter's games. They, I had two daughters that played sports at Stanford. And he was at every game, whether we were at Stanford or all over the country. <laughs> and the reason why I made that short is back in 2015 when I decided I wanted to make documentaries. Uh, I had reached out to Clark Templin Films, which is a collective in Chicago, and asked if I could volunteer. And Mm -hmm. they just had no need for me at that time. So I thought the only way I can learn how to make a documentary is just to do it. To make one. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I took a class, and you have to come into the class with an idea. And I thought of Cliff. And Cliff it was so kind to say, okay, you can do my story if it helps you. Uh-huh. And from that, I just learned, like, in a little short, you know, how you make a film, how you fund it, how you get it out there, and um, how you make it. And from there, then Gwen I was able to start working on their projects.
0: I love that. You paved your own way. I quote Ava DuVernay all the time. She talks about how we always say we're knocking on doors and we can't get people to open doors. She says, stop knocking on doors and build your own house. Yeah.
1: You know, and Ava, to me, like she's like a big hero to me. Mm -hmm. Um, My background, had I had worked for many years at Paramount. I told you that before in marketing. And so I had career for 17 years and then I stopped for a little while to raise my kids and it was it was really hard thinking like now I can't even offer myself as a volunteer Uh you know and so the you know luckily I I I always think of my parents who taught me this is then you just gotta do it yourself (laughs) and that's what I tell filmmakers all the time when they say I have this idea go out and do it just shoot
0: We have to stop waiting for someone else. I mean, Mark Duplass said it at South by Southwest, stop waiting for the Calvary to come and rescue you. Get out. So 2015, you make Cliff a super fan. And uh, what I love about that story is that Cliff was more than just a super fan who went and basically he cheers on all these college athletes and he really supports them, which can we link that in the show notes? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah yeah okay, Definitely. cool, so so check our show notes and we 'll put it on our social media too. really great little short that um, was fun to partner my film. I think neighbor was partnered in a similar um, space right, um, but then you discovered some other stuff yeah in and your I
1: that 's what I continue to do in the films that I work on now yeah. is that there's there 's also other messages that you might not be expecting to get when you watch the film, like my new Gap. Many people thought they 're coming in to see three skateboarders and they grow up, and they don 't realize we touch on domestic violence and childhood drama and toxic masculinity and yeah. uh, it 's kind of like this you come in, and it 's still a beautiful story you know and so for Cliff, everyone comes in to see the super fan and like why he does it, but uh, we talk about how his main passion, even more than supporting the sports, <laughs> is to um, research. Um, the Japanese camps because his parents were there and his his thoughts were to identify every person who had been in the Tule Lake camp in these yearbooks that he had collected mm-hmm. because the, the yearbooks would have pictures but no names and his feeling was people need to know who was there. Mm-hmm.
0: They need to be remembered. Yeah, to be, be remembered. Yeah. So beautiful. Okay, so you mentioned minding the gap. Mm-hmm. So, just it, kind of mind-boggling to think five years ago yeah. You were just starting
1: with a, little short. <laughs> with a
0: short film <laughs> about Cliff. And then all of a sudden, you're producing Minding the Gap. Yeah. Now, Minding the Gap won Sundance's 2018 yes. documentary breakthrough. Pri- breakthrough prize. Okay. Uh, so, two years, so within three years, you're at Sundance. And you're winning one of the top prizes. And then that launches a whole year of campaigns. I mean, not campaigns, but you find yourself screening all over the world. Right and director Bing
1: Liu. Liu.
0: Yeah. Uh, that was was that his first feature yes, as yeah, well. Yeah. I mean, so we'll link this in the show notes. You must watch this documentary. Uh, I have a little bit of an affinity for it because I spent some time in Rockford, Illinois. Oh, really? Which is where it's based. Yeah. Uh, I spent about four years living in Rockford. So I know that culture. I never knew I that. Did, yeah, I spent four years there. So it was wild watching, you know, the yeah. streets and stuff because yeah. I've like, been there. I went to Rock Valley College for oh, two years. Oh my
1: gosh, <laughs> that's where Bing went. Is
0: that where you went to? That's
1: where he took some film classes. Oh my gosh, yeah.
0: what a small I was yeah. in the theater there for three years anyway so let's talk about so Bing Lu tells a story about growing up in Rockford and as a skateboarder then he becomes a documentarian and he basically documents his friends but then right. he uncovers his own story right in there. so how did you get involved with that
1: so in as I mentioned um, Kurt Templin Films is based in Chicago and they've been making uh, films documentaries for over 50 years and at first, when I tried to volunteer there, they didn't really take volunteers. <laughs> um, but so after t-
0: there, she's knocking on the door, yeah, and and knocking the door and they're not open. And they're
1: not open yet. <laughs> but I took, like I said, classes to make cliff. Yeah. And one of the professors said she knew some directors that work on cartoon films, and she would connect me. So I connected with Maria Finitzo, who had who was uh, directing *Dilemma of Desire*, the other film that's mm-hmm. in South by Southwest that's coming out next month. We'll get month. there. We'll yeah. get there. And so Maria um, needed help with marketing, and that's my background. Okay. And it was a great way for me to start learning, like well, what happens in the doc world. Yep. First, I, I learned like it takes six to ten years to make these things, um, and how difficult it is mm. to find the funding, and then. So that's how I kind of became part of the Cartemquin world, and that was 2015. Mm-hmm. And I met different people in 2016. They have a diverse voices program, Kartemquin, where they're trying to provide mentoring to new first-time filmmakers of color. And Bing was part of that. And he showed this rough cut And in 2000, early 2016, May 2016, and I saw it, and I just asked, asked him for coffee. And he said he needed help. I said, I have help. And that's how we partner. That's fantastic. I always share those. Like, it meant so much to me. He bought me a cup of coffee. I didn't finish it, so he finished it for me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I knew, like, okay, you are kindred we're spirits. to be partners.
0: Yeah. That's beautiful. So what I hear, too, I love this. I love how there's always a different entry point. Everyone has a different story of how it starts. Right. You make your short film. Uh, you want to volunteer. You, you, it doesn't work for you. Then you find out what somebody needs, and you have this background in mm-hmm. marketing, that mm-hmm. you're invited into that. Right. But then it you expanded. You weren't just doing marketing, right? You were yeah. doing...
1: I ended up on the film that I was helping with marketing. Um, Maria was so great, and... Just and Mary, who was the producer on the film, really showed me like because um, at that time we're still looking for a distribution. So I started working on that. and am working on with and that was distributed by PBS. So I saw how that all worked mm-hmm. and reaching, doing impact work and reaching out to communities. This mm-hmm. is for Kurt Temple. That's one of their main goals is like to take the film and make change yep. and go out there to organizations or. Um, and to talk and create conversation. So that was such a great way to learn, but also to prove myself. You know, I was able then to meet people and show them that I work hard. Yeah. And often for free. That's right. (laughs) What else do you need?
0: Do you hear hear that? (laughs) Filmmakers, brave (laughs) makers listening, how much of our time we give away, Mm. but it's fulfilling.
1: It's so fulfilling. You're getting
0: something out of it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, there's hard days. Sure.
0: (laughs) I mean, almost a lot of hard days, but we sometimes, I don't know, I feel like uh, I I did a podcast with Jim Cummings, the one right before this, and when I was doing the intro... I had, I was by myself and I was thinking about all the ways that even in this environment right here, I'm sitting here and I can easily think like, I'm not where that person is. I'm mm-hmm. not where that person is. And I have so much more to do. And oh, mm-hmm. like the, the journey looks so mm-hmm. uphill mm-hmm. that it could be so discouraging, mm-hmm. but I go, what do I, what, do I want to give up? Heck no. Mm-hmm. Would I just turn away? No. Why? Because I, it's worth it to me. Yeah. It's always worth it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you yeah. have to keep thinking of that way versus what I don't have. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's right. Okay, so oh by the way, I met um, so Cartem Quinn. I always have to say it, those three syllables no. because it's when I
1: first went in there for the interview before they told me they don't need me <laughs> I I watched over and over again their little like intro clip on their website to listen to how you, how say, you say it. it. <laughs> but the name comes from three men and Gordon Quinn is the Quinn Kartem Quinn. He's still the artistic director. Mm-hmm. And they were three classmates and when they formed this company they said it would be neat username. So it's something Carter, Temeter, and Quinn. But Gordon always says, if I knew it was going to be around for 50 years, <laughs> I
0: would have changed it. So I met a guy named Ruben, who's an editor from Cartemquin.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Ruben. He's great. Yeah. yeah. And
0: he had the this, this shirt on. And I said, can I just look at your shirt for a second? Because I need to visual. see it visual. Because yeah. I always want to say card something else. Anyway, so Cartemquin is in Chicago. We'll link them in the show notes, too. Um, you now have continued on with them. Mm-hmm. And this is big. You've got two feature documentaries debuting in March at South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's hear about yeah. those.
1: So one of them is Finding Yingying, Ying, and it's another first-time filmmaker that I met through DVIT, the same program that I met Bing, Diverse Voices and Doc. And she is an international student that was studying at Northwestern Journalism, and she became part of the program. And her story, Finding Yingying, Ying, is about an international Chinese student who was kidnapped mm-hmm. two years ago and uh, went to University of Illinois, so three, three uh, hours away from Northwestern. But they went to the same university in Beijing, and when she got the notice that they were looking for her, does anyone know where she is, she went down to Urbana to, look for the, to help with the search, and then ended up meeting the family and documenting for the next five months while they were in the United States. And since then, it's two years later, the trial has happened. They found who did it. Oh, they did. They didn't find Ying's body. But the journey, I think, wow. definitely uh, her vision for the film and why I wanted to be involved is that she wanted to show who ying was. So many of these true crime, and mm. everyone loves true crime. Not everyone, mm-hmm. but many people do it's, it. yep, on the rise. But... Our focus is on Yingying and the family, showing who she is, not this post stamp victim, but Mm. that she had a life that we should celebrate and not be forgotten. You know, she came to, we also want to break stereotypes of what people imagine these Chinese international students are. You know, there's many stereotypes out there and especially what's happening politically. They're kind of being seen as the ones taking over our jobs and coming the United States and they're all rich. She came from a poor family and really was her hope and future for her family. Back in China who had never even left their village until they came to the United States to look for her. So so our focus really is on ying, ying and the parallels some of the parallels with the filmmaker director who was also you know, a daughter who came over the United well, States. Yeah. And um, Jenny's she just turned 26 she's young and just a uh, beautiful filmmaker the other film is so totally different I remember you
0: sent me a rough cut yeah of the d- d- dilemma, dilemma of, of Dism- desire yeah. yeah
1: and the the, the director producer Maria Finzzo very talented Peabody Award winner she's been making films for over 30 years and um, she read a book about desire and a dilemma a, and so the film is called Dilemma of Desire and we really talk about um giving agency to women to talk about what to know their body mm-hmm. and then not to be afraid to talk about it mm-hmm. and to and to talk about desire and it was so you know we we have four um um experts who have been in this work trying to break the myths about what women want and and more importantly to explain how the body looks, you know? And so we call it clitoracy, you know, to talk about that. <laughs> and it is, I mean, one of the artists, that's her artwork. That's great. It's great.
0: Wait, is this the woman who, um am sorry, I have to get you know, yeah. real here, but does she mold her vagina?
1: She doesn't mold her, v- the her vagina, but she has artwork that, to show what a clitoris looks like. And people like. can
0: go inside it like it's life size or well, something? Well, no, not that. I think, I think I've seen an artist like that. Maybe it's a different one.
1: It might be another other one. Her, her art actually is... It's just so beautiful, but it's really to break the myths about, you know, if you don't even know that basic thing, yeah. like where where uh, the seat of desire is on a woman, everyone knows where the man is.
0: <laughs> it's pretty but, obvious, yeah. yeah. but not the woman. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, We really feel like that's kind of the reason why we we don't have equality in so many other areas. Sure. If we can't even talk about sure. our body, we sure. can't talk about that. And that's Maria good. is such a talented filmmaker and... Um, and like I said, she was the one that brought me in for her other dog. That was my first dog that I worked on. So I'll always be grateful to for what she was, you know, willing to take a chance. With That's me. so
0: cool. Well, congratulations! You've got, gosh, I'm just so inspired. Oh, thank and you. And I know you've got two kids. are at out of college now. Four kids. Four kids. But yeah. the two daughters who were at Stanford. Yeah,
1: two daughters, Stanford. Another daughter. Uh, so they all live in San Francisco. And I think I share this with you, Tony. I lost my son. Ten years ago. Oh, that's... Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it's it's, it's a long story, but I lost him ten years ago. And one of my friends who was just trying to get me out of the house Mm. because it changes your life, you know, forever. And um, so I lost him in 2019. In 2013, she brought me to Sundance to get me out of the house. She knew how much I love film. And that's when I... Really saw documentaries for the first Uh time and uh saw like, oh, it can be entertaining and it, but it could have a message, right? And maybe create change. And I thought that's what I'm going to do, and I can honor my son that way.
0: That helped you find healing. Yeah, to be a maker. Yeah, Yeah.
1: you mean you never have total healing? I know you hear that, but it's a way to use. You know just feel like I'm offering something and hopefully mm. honoring my your son name. what was
0: your son's name
1: Chris 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 yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, in his honor for yeah. sure he, yeah you've done you've lived uh I mean a life well lived you got a lot of life left it's very Thank very, you. very encouraging and
1: my daughters um, you know we talk about Chris all the time and they're the my daughters and my husband are the main supporters I mean when we would premiere Mind the Gap at Sundance they're the ones doing social media (laughs) hanging (laughs) posters and covering up everyone else's posters
0: (laughs) (laughs) I mean that again is so inspiring for me I have three daughters and um they're young 8 10 and 12 and my mm-hmm. wife we've been married 15 years and it's a hustle and to go you know like you're you've done it you're doing it mm-hmm. and you can you show that there's just no excuses there's just none we can make them we can yeah. make them but um we have to move forward through them
1: right Otherwise, and it's, it definitely is hard yeah it's hard yep. and i i know that it's uh, not easy and but i think a lot of it too is faith for me, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then my definitely my family and community. I know there people talk about the entertainment industry, and there is like bad people. <laughs> I just try to avoid them. Yeah, they're there. They're everywhere, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah.
0: But I feel, but as I'm listening to you talking, I think there's so many people who are in this because they want to tell good stories, right? And, and they, they really, want to
1: help you too. Yeah. And I feel so lucky that yeah. I met so many more of those yeah, type of folks yeah for sure
0: yeah. that was what really woke me up because I used to be afraid of Hollywood when I was just acting I was told that it's like the den of sin and you're yeah. going to be led yeah. astray and yeah. all those people are narcissistic and you're going to become a drug addict blah 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 and I thought oh yeah that looks like it you know all the stories that are on tabloids but that's just a small portion. There are right. so many more people who really believe in this power to change. Right. And so thanks. Thanks for yeah. sharing your stories. I'm you're super welcome. glad that we met. Yeah. And
1: I am too. It's like, that's what I mean. Like through this whole journey, I've been so yeah. lucky to meet great people and then yeah. stay in touch. Stay in touch. And, yeah.
0: It's pretty amazing. Yeah. Thanks, Dan. I know you're busy. So yeah. thank you. Thank you. I'll put your, um, your Twitter and stuff in the okay, show notes. People can reach out to you and good luck with this Sunday. Thank
1: you. Right. Thank you. Take care. Great. Thanks for listening to the Brave Maker podcast. Subscribe, give us a rating, and share with a friend. Brave Maker is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Our work is funded by generous patrons like you. Support the podcast with a tax-deductible donation at bravemaker.com. Brave stories change the world. You are the story.